Hey guys, before we get started with this episode of Madison Story Slam, I would like to take a minute to thank our sponsors. This episode, as is every episode, is sponsored by Ale Asylum. Ale Asylum makes great beer for great people, and we are happy to have them be a part of what we're doing at Madison Story Slam. This episode is also sponsored by the great people at Olson Vacuum Cleaner Sales and Service. Olson Vacuum Cleaner Sale and Service has two stores serving the Madison and Southern Wisconsin area since 1943. If you've got a dirty floor and no way to clean it, go see the friendly guys over at Olson Vacuum. Like I said, they've got two locations, one on the east side and one on the west side of Madison. You can see them on the east side at 1978 South Stoughton Road and on the west side at 6801 Odana Road. Do us a favor, go see them for all of your needs. If you need to buy a vacuum or you've got a vacuum that isn't quite running right, they can set you up. Thank you to Ale Asylum and thank you to Olson Vacuum. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Madison Story Slam podcast. It is I, Adam, your host. Glad you're here. Glad to be here. And uh, all that stuff. I'm kind of tired. I'm doing this at night like I always do. Uh, I took off work today and was working on some desks that I made for the show. And uh, I'm just kind of exhausted. But I am excited because on today's show, we have an interview and it's somebody that I truly, deeply love and enjoy. But before we get to that, let me tell you about some exciting things coming up on March 17th. That is our next Story Slam. The theme is big. And then on April 21st, it's Child's Play, that Story Slam. And on May 19th, Story Slam Redemption. All of those will be at the Wilmar Center. And uh, just so you know, on May 12th, we are doing a brand new event that we've never done before. We're doing it at Mr. Roberts. It's a bar on Atwood. And uh, the theme... No... Actually, there is no theme because it's not a story slam. It's called Read It and Weep. And we want you to come and read your old journal entries, diaries, letters, anything you wrote before the age of 18. It could be a school project, could be a short story, anything. We want to read it and we want you to read it as it is written. So no, you know, adult edits. You've got to read it as it's written. And hopefully you don't weep, but it is called Read It and Weep, and that's May 12th at Mr. Roberts. Hey, if you would do us a huge favor to help support what we're doing here, just go to uh, the Apple Podcasts app or on iTunes and search Madison Story Slam. Leave us a rating and a review. The ratings help people find our podcast. A higher rating for a podcast helps people to see that when they're searching for podcasts. And then the review helps me know what you like about the show, what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, all that good stuff. It helps us a lot. And if you want to financially support what we're doing, if you want to be somebody who likes to pay for the things that they enjoy, not that I'm pressuring it, but if that's your thing, you can head on over to um, madisonstoryslam.podbean.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, there is a button that says become a patron and you can pledge money monthly to what we do. And that money just goes back into the show, helps us uh, do our live shows and get prizes and 
pay for our website and hosting fees and the rent at the Wilmar Center, all this good stuff, you can be a part of what we're doing. And uh, that's it. So our guest today is somebody who has actually been on the podcast one time before with a group of people. And, uh, but he's a regular storyteller at Madison Story Slam. And one of the things that I want to start doing is start having those storytellers on the show to find out more about them. So uh, today we've got Dave Babbler. So let's get into it. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Adam, I'm doing really well. Uh, I couldn't help but notice you said in your intro that I'm someone you deeply love. And enjoy. <laughs> and enjoy. And enjoy. And I, I feel flattered, but now I feel like this is some sort of wedding vow exchange. I don't know if I should have, I have obligation to exchange my sentiments. Oh, but no, yeah. Say, uh, there is going to be a ritual. Not so much a ceremony, but oh, a okay. ritual later. I don't know how to interpret that, but. <laughs> well, it is what it is. Yeah. So, well, I deeply love and enjoy you too, Adam. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, this might be as awkward as that one story at Story Slam. Uh, anyway, uh, so the last time you were on uh, the show, you were on with our friends Dave and Jordan, or Dan and Jordan. You're Dave, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but also, since then, like you've come to so many Story Slams, because I think that was maybe like our fourth or fifth episode that you were on. Yeah, and, I completely uh, forgot about it until you mentioned it. Yeah. And uh, you've been to so many story slams, and you have, uh, in my opinion, probably should have won every single time that you've ever come and told a story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he confidently says yes no. to that. Um, well, you, I mean, I, I'm, I, I guess I'm a rather confident person, so do you, that, that, that's not true. Do I you think you back. are? <laughs> no. I have my moments well, you know, where I, I feel like I have confidence in... Well, you know what's interesting? I think anybody that's listening that has seen you at Story Slam would say, oh, yeah, that guy's super confident. But your onstage presence is completely different than who you are in weird? real life. And I'm curious what you might think about that. Yeah, I have no idea. And to be 100% honest, I didn't really get in front of people to do much talking outside of school until Madison Story Slam. And that was like the first place, like when you're doing a bag at JPH. Yeah. And I, I actually, I remember Dan was just going to go and he said, Hey Dave, do you want to go? And he had his, like he told a story mm -hmm. and I'm like, this is cool. And so I just went up and told a story and that's how I got started doing it. But yeah, I, I didn't really feel comfortable in front of people until I started telling stories. Really? Like, yeah. No, dude, you know me. Like, I know, I'm, but I mean like I, I, in, in your personal life, like just, uh, you know, off stage, like I wouldn't call you uncomfortable. You're, you're more quiet and reserved probably a little bit. That's true. I mean, I think if people see you on stage, they're like, Oh, this is the most outgoing guy in the world. And like, he must go up and talk to strangers. Or when the they time. see me at a wedding. Yeah. Weddings. <laughs> no, you're a fun guy. Like, you know, uh, with friends, you are pretty outgoing and you're pretty funny and make jokes and stuff. But like, I feel like when you're in new situations with strangers, you're not necessarily the crack up. No, totally. And something weird I heard recently, it, it sounds like it would be an uncommon thing for someone to have like those kind of like, you know, clashing personality traits a little bit. Yeah. But I heard recently in a Jerry Seinfeld stand-up routine where he says um, that he was kind of the same way. And he said, look, I can talk to all of you, 
but I can't talk to any of you. So basically, like sure. the, the punchline of that joke was that like he's fine in front of people, but he is really uncomfortable just talking because because he's sort of just like an awkward personality and like he doesn't he can't really. Do you think with you're an emotions. awkward personality? Oh yeah, I'm a big time awkward personality. Really? Oh yeah. Do you do you think that that I'm uh, not trying to draw parallels between me and Jerry Seinfeld. I'm just saying I heard that and yeah. and, he, and he actually mentioned in that same routine. It's in the Netflix special uh before Jerry or whatever. Yeah, before Jerry. Yeah. He does that. And he says it's, he even says that it's uh sort of common amongst other like live performers or like Yeah. yeah. Do you think that that helps you when you get on stage at all the, the that you're more reserved or shy off stage? D- does that does that I I I don't know I, no, I I don't know I don't know either I don't I'm not like an expert on it but I'd say I would say that uh I think part of my I guess I don't know I guess I'm more reflective yeah on stories so I'm able to sort of communicate them better because I'm again sort of like whenever like I like in my like day to day life I kind of take in experiences and think about them deeply I'm just kind of a deep thinker <laughs> does does this sound weird No it doesn't sound weird it's just uh. I think most people would like to say flattering things like that about themselves. <laughs> is that flattering? I think so. I think it's. I don't know if it is. It's honestly a crutch sometimes. Oh yeah, it's to- it's a total crutch sometimes. I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. I'm just yeah. saying like I just I generally tend to do that. Like it's, I'm it's my my personality type. I'm, what is it? I'm trying to think of what my personality type is. It's INF. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So. Do you do you feel like you uh you know when you're off stage are you somebody who wishes they were more outgoing? I don't know if I wish I was. I don't know. No, Cause, I'd cause, say no. Uh, the no. question I'm asking or getting to is, or the point maybe it's not a question is that uh, when you get on when you're off stage and you're interacting with people you might be a little more shy or whatever. Shy is I don't think it's quite the right word, but you're just more reserved and quiet. Yep. And maybe when you get on stage and it's a sea of people, you get to be loud and entertaining and outgoing. And maybe that's like you screaming at a wall to be like, hear me, you know, uh, does that, does that resonate at all? Like, (laughs) maybe, maybe a little bit. I think there is something to say for the fact that like when you're in front of a large group of people, which I, you know, is still, it's weird that that's like one of the most common fears people have is like being in front of people. But I think there is that benefit where everyone's face is kind of a blur and you're not addressing a particular person. So you're kind of able to, yeah. If you can get past that fact, it, I think it's more comfortable for me and my personality to be in front of a bunch of people just because I'm not addressing a particular person. And there's like not that personal mm-hmm. one-on-one pressure. You can kind of just like, it's interesting because I always tell people about story slam and say that, uh, when you're up there telling a story that you're not connecting to the audience as a whole, you're, you're not connecting to them as a sea of humanity. You're connecting to each and indiv- every individual audience right. member. Uh, I, I very often say it's like you've got a line from your heart to that person, to each individual heart of, of everybody in the room. Uh, and, and maybe, yeah, you're up there and you're, you're talking at a group of people, mm-hmm. but the fact that you get up and share a piece of yourself and like, cause everybody's story is important to them. It, it totally, it's, it's a piece of themselves. The fact that you're doing that, it really does establish a connection to between you and John and you and Michael and you and Jane and you and Sarah. Like it, it does. It's not just this, you know, mass sea of people. But, 
public speaking 101 is addressing yo yeah everybody as a collective like yeah. you don't want to like no yeah. <clears throat> no i'm i'm I, what i'm saying is yes you address Not that everyone like, as a collective right. but the cool thing about storytelling is then even though you're addressing them as a collective you are connecting with them on a personal level mm-hmm I don't think there's a lot of public speaking that that kind of thing happens. Right. Oh, yeah, true. So I agree. And I'm not a, like, (laughs) self-proclaimed public speaking expert. But (laughs) funny funny thing is, I actually just took a class last semester, Mm -hmm. um, a public speaking class that I had to take for some liberal arts credits that I needed to take. And uh, I told one of the stories, the first story... uh, one of the first speeches that we had to give was a personal experience speech, and I told one of the stories that I, I think it was the first story I told at Story Slam. Well, why don't you tell it right now? Uh, well, I mean, what do you mean? Tell, just, just tell, tell, the, whole just tell the, story? the story? Just tell the story. I'm not going to tell the whole tell the story. story. Tell the story. I'm, I, you're going to make me tell the story. Tell the story. All right. So, this is a lot different than being in front of you. You're, you're right. You're right. This is an exercise really in what it's like to be off stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... When I was younger, me and my brother had this sort of uh, brotherly relationship, if you will, in the sense that, that we all didn't brothers get along. Know. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we had this, like, intense, you are the worst human being in my life, and there's only about a dozen people in my life, so it's not necessarily meaning a whole lot, but um, we just clashed on, like, every little thing, and... uh there was one year that we got a gift, a combined gift, which is a huge mistake for any parent. You do not buy a combined gift for two kids that hate each other because they will destroy <laughs> each other over that gift. And it was the a Super Nintendo of all things. Oh, so man. immediately there was division in the household. <laughs> and uh, like we were both too, too excited and too stupid to realize the implications of this decision my parents made. Uh, but we got the Super Nintendo and... Um, Every day we began to, we very quickly realized it would become a problem. And one of these given days, my mom sets a schedule. She says, okay, if you guys can't learn how to play with this correctly, then I'm going to have to show you how. So she gives us the schedule and she gives us 30 minute, 30 minute periods each. And I play 30 minutes, he play 30 minutes. And then we both just 30 take minutes turns. is not mom. 30 minutes is not long enough to like actually enjoy it because you're at that point, you're just getting into it. You're talking to the mom that bought a combined gift. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. She, true. Is, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's out of her element. <laughs> she did raise six kids, so uh, she must be doing something. <laughs> I guess they also got everything. Not the gift giving, <laughs> yeah, yeah, though. Right. So we got it. And uh, um, one, there was one time particularly where like the blood per- just boiled extremely. Like it was, it was the worst incident where. He was playing, and I come in the room and I'm like, "Hey, yeah, uh, Mike, it's uh, 30 minutes. Time's up. It's uh, it's my turn. Give me the controller." And he says, "Nah, Dave, I went to the bathroom. It took it took like 10 minutes. I get another 10 minutes." And I sat <laughs> there and heard that, and like I'm like, "This is bullcrap. You did not go into the bathroom. I sat here the entire time. You made that entirely up." And then I kept laying out these arguments for why I should be playing, and he just sits there and he just keeps playing and he just ignores you like you don't exist so i do the only thing that a, a child knows how to do and that is to get between him and his enjoyment and i take a step to the side and i step in front of the tv and i said mike it's my turn you would think that would work but it just made him smile <laughs> like he it, like he got pleasure out of the frustration that i was having and so i, st- I step back and I, this is my last resort i click eject and the cartridge flies up and that smile on his face just like 
slowly droops to a frown and then we just like go at it like we just like destroyed each other and we're just swinging and clawing until the very last claw reaches his cheek and leaves a scar on the side of his face. Does he from... still have a scar? No, he doesn't. Oh, okay. So I guess technically it's not. But you took a chunk out of his cheek. I took a chunk out. There was blood, and my mouth flipped out, and uh, yeah. But that's that's the story that I told. I think it was that. That was scars. You know, those, yeah, that was the theme. Yeah, you can go back and find that episode. We have it recorded. Uh, that might be one of the ones that got lost. But just go back in the archives. You can find them. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. There was actually, I actually remember some some other story, like really good stories, like some like that was a good theme because like theme. because there people some emotional exactly people took it as either it could be an actual physical scar where like you had an accident or it could be like hey this happened to me and it's it's left a scar in my life yeah there was a lot of good stuff on that one but I remember you left one detail out is that back then you said you had really long fingernails <laughs> and you would like cut them to a razor point <laughs> yeah that's true I had razor sharp nails that's true I don't remember exactly what I said I think I actually left it out in my public speech class too. yeah. But whatever, you 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 were like a uh, Catwoman. She's got razor sharp nails. Yeah, I, I guess. Think. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were you were talking about that class, and you yeah. brought up that story. Do you remember what you were about to say before I made you tell that story? Do you? No, you were just talking about being in a public speaking class, and you had to. No, nah, man. I'm sorry. Nah, I cut sorry. you off. No, I cut you off. What do you mean? I, oh, I was saying something. You were saying something. Oh. about the public speaking class and you were going to explain something that you hey I had to tell this story and and then I said well tell the story quick. No, nah, I don't remember. I think I was just mentioning the fact that like I was taking it. I don't I don't remember. I, I don't remember. Yeah. It's um probably not important. So hey, I've just realized uh you're the guy that has designed all of our best of CDs. Yep. The, that's true. the covers and all that. The beloved best of CDs. They are beloved. I love them. <laughs> oh, uh, I do. I think they're pretty dope. I, uh, I've i actually gotten a few texts this week from people who have bought them and listened to them. Nice. I listened to volume three yeah. this morning yeah. on my way to work. It's a fun, fun. I think that might be my favorite uh, one we've done so far. It, it was pretty good. I'm trying to remember which one I was listening to. I don't remember. There's a great one on there that uh, one of the stories is from my dad. And the title is uh, "You Have Really Thick Wrists" or something like that, <laughs> and it, it's about some guy in a park commenting on his thick wrists and <laughs> offering him a blowjob. <laughs> That's awesome. Those, yeah, those those are super great. I, I will say this though: there's so, there's something about. N- the event itself, like and seeing people. Yeah, I was, I was just going to mention this. Go I was just going to mention this about when I was just telling the story. Now I'm uncomfortable telling stories when I can't gesture and animate. Yeah. Like so, like like when I'm listening to those stories, like I can I can like you can almost hear and like imagine. You can feel it. Yeah, you can. Um, but it's not the same. So like, there's it's uncomfortable for me when I can't because I, again I'm very animated and gestural. Yeah. Um. And, and I think a lot of other people are too. I was just going to ask you. Why do you, so you you actually just came to back to Story Slam for the first time in like a year a while yeah you're, you you're a busy guy you're in school yeah. and you work and yeah. um but uh, you used to come every single time and I I'm always curious to ask people and know why they come like like why do they enjoy Madison Story Slam like what is it for them that they get out of it so I'm curious if you want to uh, address that at all I don't know I mean what don't you get out of it I mean it's I mean, telling stories. I think first of all, I'll say if you go and you haven't told a story, do it. Like, yeah. Or if you have any hesitation, do it. It's 
it's that being said, if you want to come and not tell a story, you're more than welcome. Oh, yeah, it, is, it is very fun to come and just listen. I agree. Yeah, come for any reason. Like I said, yeah. there's no reason not to come. Because but challenge yourself and tell a story. Please do. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the best part. Or I guess, I guess in my subjective opinion, it's the best part. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's they're just hearing people's stories and. It's a free event, so you can't really go wrong. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. I guess I can't point to anything particular. I just like hearing people's stories. And but Okay, funny. so let's explore that. Why do you like hearing people's stories? Like, Whoa. Like, what is it? I, I guess that's a bigger question than just Madison Story Slam. What yeah. is it about hearing Everybody stories from hearing people? people's stories. I mean, storytelling is fundamentally a human thing. Like, yeah. Everyone, like, we love listening to stories. We love telling stories. We love reading stories. And, and I think the thing about Story Slam is that it's, real personal represent personally represented stories so it's not like um you know reading a book where the stories may seem like distant or you know i think sometimes we do have storytellers that get up and you know at the beginning of every story slam i I tell the audience to be kind to everybody clap for everyone tell them they did a great job even the bad storytellers even the ones that tell bad stories and then i say and i promise you there will be bad stories tonight and it's true every time um but my audience, our audience is very um, gracious and like kind mm. and, and it, it takes guts to get up there no matter what. Um, right. But I totally lost track of where I was going with that. But that's okay. Um, what did you just say? I said storytelling is a fundamentally human thing that we love stories and that sometimes the best part about Madison Story Slam is that it's personally represented storytelling where... Um, you get firsthand accounts of people's personal narratives and kind of, I don't know, I just, like, for the same reason anyone likes stories, but that's what I was talking about. Yeah, um, bad stories. Um, here's the thing, is that for, for, you're right, people love storytelling. It, it is an innately human thing right. to want to hear and tell stories. Um, you know, sometimes I think back and, and just think about how uh, everybody's the o- their own, everybody's the hero in their own story they're they're the uh what's the word i'm looking for the oh, the hero no it's not hero they're the uh antagonist oh right right, right. or protagonist the one of those ones they're the protagonist in their own story yeah um and so every like i i would assume everybody wants to tell their story right and and you know part of that is that this like I, we touched on it already this is a part of me like this is important to me the reason i'm getting up to share it with you is because it is important to me whether it be a funny or a serious story uh and and what i find interesting about bad stories is that those people still feel that mm-hmm. those bad stories are still super important to the person telling them mm-hmm. and oftentimes when when i can see a story kind of falling flat with the audience you can kind of see in the storyteller's face and, and just the way that they express themselves during the story that they're like, I, I just, if you, if you would just get it, you would understand why this is a good story. And so, you know, it is such a personal thing for them. And that's a really hard place, like as a storyteller to like, no, come yeah. on, but if you, if you just get it, then you'll get it. <laughs> and, um, and then oftentimes what happens then is they go, well, if I just keep talking more, they'll finally get it and, and it'll work. And right. really the, the best advice for somebody who's telling a story like that 
is to cut it short, is to end it. Uh, because a shorter bad story is much better than a long bad story. Right. So. Yeah. I have a question. So you were, you, you said something and it triggered it in my head, but uh, it's funny, or I find it interesting, I guess, that the event never ever has, you know, uh, promoted itself as being stories primarily about humor. Yeah. But people naturally, like it it's, is, it's, yeah. it's, it's like almost 90%. And I guess I'm wondering w- why you think that is, and w- how you feel about that. Because I like, like you said, you you. Oh, it seems like you always want to make, uh, you know, make it known that this isn't just for humorous. But people just naturally yeah. want to tell funny stories. Yeah, I don't guess. Yeah, just w- why do you think that is? Um, I you know I don't know. I it, it's something that I have been very curious about since the day I started doing this. Right. Is why do we tend to be a more uh, funny thing um i don't know it, maybe it's about that there is beer there like maybe when you're That's drinking true. it's it's easier to be try and be funny um also it does innately feel like a comedy open mic um so but yeah. like but it wasn't oh it didn't always feel like that did it yeah, did no it? i don't well it seems like it just naturally evolved into that I I would say probably from the start. Oh, okay. Well, then that would make more sense. Um, it, it it's never been promoted that way. You're right. We've right. never been like, hey, come out and have a funny story, great time. Uh, you know, when I was putting together the newest be- or every best of CD we've done, um, I tr- I always try to get at least one or two of the serious stories on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think maybe on volume two, I don't think there is a serious story. I think on one of the new CDs, right. there's there's not a serious. It's just it's hard because. People want to make people laugh. I think that's what it is. Is that it is. people enjoy making people laugh and bringing other people joy. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe people that come uh, kind of feel like, well, I don't want to be a bummer. I don't want to bring down the mood totally. of this room. But here's the thing: like, we want those stories right. because not because like we like want to make people feel sad or whatever but like i want people to be able to express those things i think it's really that's the ethos of what madison story slam is it's not necessarily about it is so cathartic yeah it is to get up and share any story as we've said but to share that kind of personal thing of a hard difficult story like something that's happened that you regret or something Mm -hmm. whatever Man, there there is healing in getting up in front of people and sharing that because the energy or whatever you want to say, the new agey term that you get back from the crowd from that, it really does mend wounds. It mm-hmm. really does. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I have made a an effort this year to share more serious stories from myself. Sure. Um, and maybe that's what it is too, is, you know, I get on stage and at at the beginning make jokes and then usually tell a funny story. Um, so I, I, I noticed that this year and I, I decided to start trying to tell some more serious stories. Yeah. And Um, I was, I was, I didn't actually ever talk to you about it afterwards, but that was like beautiful. What like the stories hold about, uh, Ashley's. Yeah, grandpa. grandpa. Yeah, like Thank that you. was that was really well told. And again, I think that. Kind Man, of, you know what's so funny is I got off stage and going, "Oh, that was terrible." Really, yeah, dude, it I felt loved so it. disjointed and and. No, I thought it was great. Like, oh, cool. I, and it and again, I think it was kind of almost refreshing to have. Yeah. Um, 
to hear for our listeners, that will be on one of our upcoming episodes. It was from our February seventeenth story slam where the theme was there will be blood. So yeah, but I again, I think that just kind of gets back to what we were saying about how uh, people do like hearing those stories, even though people may not think people do. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you may you may not want to tell a story. Listen, everybody loves watching Dateline murder mysteries. Yeah, I know. Well, and again, like you you see you see romantic dramas and like yeah. all kinds of genres represented in other media, which is why I'm I was wondering. I'm just wondering why that didn't translate into stories. Do story. you have a th- a thought on it? Like why that occurs like that i think you kind of said something i didn't really um you said something about how the atmosphere is just naturally that way um and i don't think people like to like upset the the mood yeah. or the atmosphere like yeah. if you're in a certain environment you get what kind of environment it is it's totally it, so like once you once the mood is set mm-hmm. and you know you have that established nobody wants to upset that or break that atmosphere that mood you know the other thing is i often tell people that story slam is like getting together with your family for dinner your extended family right yeah and people are eating and drinking and they're sharing stories and when somebody tells a story it reminds you of a story so then you tell a story and usually in those moments in in your extended family get-togethers christmas uh thanksgiving whatever i almost said november instead of thanksgiving (laughs) um Stories tend to be funny, right? Mm-hmm. You tend to want to laugh together and, and be joyous. You're generally not going to be telling the stories of how, like, oh, you know, I've been really <laughs> suffering with my depression yep, this yep, week and blah, blah, blah. And so I, I really, truly do consider Madison Story Slam family. It is, it is one of my families, if that makes sense. And I think that people come to have their spirits lifted. Yeah, for the same reason any family gets together. Exactly. To... And, but here's the thing. Here's, here's the point that I'm, I'm so glad that we decided to do this because it's something that I've wanted to express and just haven't. I don't, I don't want to be on the podcast to, during the intro and coming down on people like, hey, give me more serious stories. But like, <laughs> um, here's the thing is that telling those serious stories can be uplifting. They, because here's what it does. Um, telling stories to a crowd of people levels the playing field. So when you get up and tell a story about how you've had a really hard past year uh, because maybe you lost your job, somebody died, whatever, it's a, you know, a, a serious story about something that's you know, shitty that's happening. Mm-hmm. It communicates to another person who's in the audience who's going through something very similar. Oh, I'm not the only one who's fucked up. Right. I'm not the only one who's going through shit. And that helps somebody because w- when you are going through shit, it's very, very easy to, to get into the mindset of I'm trapped. I'm alone. Right. Nobody knows what this is like. And when you hear somebody else say, I know what it's like, I know what you're going through. It helps. Right. And, and maybe potentially that person can reach out to the person who told the story and say, hey, that meant the world to me. Like, you talked about this and that, and, like, I've had something very similar, and it's just good to know that I'm not alone. That's community. Mm -hmm. You know, our motto is building community through storytelling. That's how we build community. It's I always say the best part of Madison Story Slam is during the breaks because that's when real community happens. When you talk to a storyteller, you talk to the neighbor, uh, at the other table who you didn't come with and you get to meet people and share your stories during those breaks and like lift each other up 
that's community. Yeah. So the series stories are important. Like I want series stories because of the work that serious stories do. Yep. Hey guys, just a quick break from the discussion with Dave and I, just to tell you about some stuff, you know, hopefully someday this will become the part of the show where I tell you about our sponsor of the show. One sponsor I can tell you about is Ale Asylum. They sponsor every single show that we do. We're so grateful for them and the way that they support us. But hopefully someday this will be like, hey, this company reached out and wants you to go buy this and wants me to test it out. Hey, if you are somebody who's listening and works for a company that would like to do that, talk to us. Send us an email. Go to our website and reach out that way. Uh, But, again, I just want to let you know, you know, I really truly believe that people who enjoy things want to support those things. And if you are somebody who enjoys this and are lo- and you're looking for a way to support Madison Story Slam, the best thing that you can do is to come to our events. The second best thing that you could do is to go leave a rating and review. Something that would be really great as well is if you become a patron and you help financially support us. Go to madisonstoryslam.podbean.com in the right-hand corner, click become a patron and figure out how. So yeah, series stories are important. Um, but that being said, I love the funny stories. Those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that I would I, I know, say they're the I know, best. I, I know you don't want me to say that. But. I, I wouldn't say that they're the best. Uh, that's that's true. That's, I, that's unfair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that any of them are the best uh, a type of story. Like, I just love hearing stories. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So it's, it's I don't know. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, you are a storyteller who... Gen, like, would you say that you generally have an idea of what story you're gonna tell when before you come? Um, to, generally, it's kind of a broad term, but I would say I I, th- I think about it. Usually, I don't know if I'm coming or not. Yeah, like so, like if it's the day of and I decide I'm coming, I'll think about it beforehand. Like I'll go through, I'll filter through my life experiences, <laughs> and then try and decide what I want to tell. Um, I don't like formally prepare though. No. Yeah. We do have storytellers who like write out their entire story and practice it yeah. throughout the week, uh, and then they they practice it because they know that they can't bring written materials on stage. Yeah. Um, I've never been that type of storyteller. I've always been like, I have an idea of what the story is, but I'm just gonna get up and tell it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's more fun to me. Is, it is, like, and I think it's like, that's a personality thing too. Like, some oh, yeah. people are gonna fill it out the fill risk out the of form. it. Or form, <laughs> like write out the story. <laughs> Feel out of form. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. I don't know. I think I think people, for me, anyways, it's just more comfortable not like overthinking what you're saying. And mm-hmm. I think that comes with people that, and, and I'm not you, for example. You're a very naturally gifted person in front of people like you can tell a story in fact i don't you, think it is natural though because uh, 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 I, I disagree was, i was listen man if you if you you were actually in the room the first time i was on stage talking to a group of people a yeah. large group yeah, yeah, of yeah. people you were in you were in middle school uh no you know what you wouldn't have been in the room because you're you're younger than me so yeah. I, I was speaking to elementary kids uh but the first time i got on stage to talk to people I was in seventh grade, and that's so different. You're still figuring out who you are. Yeah, no, but I, I'm just telling you, it's not natural. It, it's not. 
a natural thing for me. It's something it that I had to work at. I think it really is. I'll say this. I'm not saying people, unless you're natural, you can't do it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying there are people that are just naturally gifted, like any other sort of natural. Like someone's a naturally gifted writer. You can I, learn to be yeah. a good writer. I'm just saying some people are naturally gifted. I guess I would there. say for me, it doesn't seem natural. Which maybe you want. It just um, it, it appears to me But at some point, it did, it did become natural, if that makes sense. Like I, Earlier in my life, I mean, even up to the age of 19, 20 years old, I was really uncomfortable to be on stages. Yeah. And uh, at some point, um, I don't know, I got enough mana to unlock that upgrade for my armor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, at some point in my life, I just unlocked that. And it was, right. it did become natural. So maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I've got I no know problem getting in front of crowds of people i know it's it, like again, now put me on stage in front of five people i feel deeply uncomfortable no way oh yeah five no oh way. it's it is the most uncomfortable thing especially as a musician to be up there with a guitar singing by yourself to a group of five people because mm-hmm. you're like what the hell is the point of this right. you're five people like who cares um i don't think i've ever gotten up in front of people five people to tell stories or anything but like uh I, I would much prefer to be in front of thousands of people than a small number. You're insane. No, like that because again <laughs> thousands because again <laughs> to five. Well, that is, whatever. I, I I no, you're any human being would get nervous even like Mm-mm. in nope. front of thousands. I have been in front of thousands, didn't have a s- single nerve. What did you say? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, okay. I honestly don't remember. What are you doing with your hand? You're, you're like <laughs> caressing the mic. How many times do I got to tell you I'm a gesture? I'm animated. Um, but no, when you when you have thousands of people, especially thousands of people, it really is a sea of humanity that you're addressing. Yeah. You know, like like I said earlier, it's like screaming at a wall. Nobody might it might as well be nobody listening when it's that many people. Right. So like what's there to be nervous about? Right. That's how I feel. That's valid, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand it, but like, you would I don't be, have to. You would be really nervous in front of a bigger crowd? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Thousands of people. Like, I, I mean, like, I, I just don't even see, like, five people. That's not even a group. That's, that's, that's borderline is not a group. That's just five people. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not a group. It's just. Like, so it's not even public speaking. That's, that's, yeah, but that's, that's, why it's un- that's why it's uncomfortable when you're on stage in front of five people. Oh. I That's terrifying. Yeah, I guess I don't even know a scenario in which you're on a stage and there's five people. I, it's, I've been to open mics when it's you know oh, okay. people didn't show up. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I get. I mean, I don't know. I do think there's because when it's that small, it, what it feels like is uh, you decided to play guitar, you know, by yourself, and suddenly five people just stop to watch, and you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess I get that. And like I said, I'm uncomfortable. I'm like super terrible at small talk and just like one-on-one conversations. Like I, I get really uncomfortable. Like, really? I, oh yeah. I mean, I've never noticed that. Uh, well, okay, maybe not. I don't know. I, I'll say this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any examples. I just I'm not good at small talk. Like I, yeah. I like I, I hate I, small talk. Same. Small talk is the worst. It's absolutely terrible. Like listen, and, and when I get I go frustrated the... when people are so good at it. Like no, they'll, they'll come in the room. And Nobody's like, good at it. They're like, hey, how you doing today? Well, I'm still this side of the grass. And like, but I can't ever get myself to say that. But like, they're so clever in like instant like one on one. Here's the thing. Small talk. Here's what What's I hate. The weather like. This is the worst small talk in the world right here. What? You're going uh, to the bank, and for whatever reason, you don't want to go to the drive thru so you go inside. And they're like, oh, how can we help you today? I'm like, oh, you know, I just need to exchange this or, you know, put this money in or whatever. 
And then so they're like, oh, sure, we can do that. Just swipe your card and we'll start doing that. And then so then they start doing the work that they need to do. And it takes time. So then they'll kind of look at you and go, so any big plans for the weekend? (laughs) And I'm like, could you just stop? and do the thing because i don't want to be here <laughs> you just... I, I i i want to be in and out of here as fast as i can i don't want to tell you my life story i'm not doing anything this weekend but but what comes out is ah, no not much You're probably gonna be around the house and help my wife do this and blah 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 oh yeah so what do you do and it's like i come to banks to be served <laughs> this i sound not... like such a curmudgeon but like i hate I hate that small talk that like employees feel like they have to give you. And like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just a dick, but I want them to be robots and be like, here is the thing you came for. <laughs> and like, that's it. Exactly. That's why I go to the exactly. self checkout line at the grocery store. And which store. is why I get frustrated when I'm with people and they're so naturally happy to have a conversation with someone like that. Or like, because well, so I'm, here's I'm why jealous I hate, of that. Here, no, here's why I hate small talk. I think is it's so, it's so surface level. It's so insincere. And, uh, maybe not ins- insincere, but it's just really, really surface level. And like, if somebody asks me how I'm doing, I'm going to tell them. But I know that they don't really want to know that. Oh, They're, right, right, right. You know, when they say, hey, how's it going? It's really more of just, hi. I can see, like, you're in front of me. Hi. Like, that's really what that means. Can I be honest? Even that's hard for me sometimes. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, I don't even want to say hi. To- like, just like walking down the street and like, so- like, and do, you have, are- do you have anxiety? Like social anxiety? So. No, I don't think so. Let me ask you this. When you are walking into or out of a building and there's somebody in front of you, do you slow down so that you don't have to interact with them when they try and hold the, hold the door for you? No. Oh, I do. Really? I, oh, I have terrible social anxiety. You say that again? You slow down so you don't have to interact with them? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I, you know, I keep my head down when I'm walking into a building. Like I, I just, I, I'm scared. I like, I'm not scared, but I, I'm really anxious about dealing with people, which people never believe people that come to story slam when they hear this about me, right. they're like, no way, no way you, you get up on stage and laugh and talk and you're boisterous and whatever. Yeah. Um, but I always, I was telling Ashley recently, like, um, the, the Adam you see on stage at story slam, that Adam is not me. That's a, that's a lie. Like I have to lie to be able to do it. Um, there's, there's genuineness. Is that a word? (laughs) (laughs) It is not. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm authenticity. Authenticity. There is authenticity in it. Um, I guess maybe calling it a lie is is not correct. It's I'm really stretching myself. I'm putting myself yeah, yeah, yeah. completely outside of my comfort zone. Uh, so when I'm walking into a building, I I don't like to interact with people. I'm really anxious about it. So like, depending on how close I am to the person that's in front of me and about to open the door, I will slow down hmm. so that they're like, oh, they're too far. I'm just gonna go in because I don't want the interaction of like, oh, thank you, uh, <laughs> hi, like. I, I feel like I'm yeah. inconveniencing them. Like yeah. that's that's where my anxiety comes from. Like that's part of it for that is that like, oh you don't like you don't have to do that for me. Like I'm nobody. Like just go in. Yeah. And so then so then I very rarely, uh, so I hold doors for people all the time, 
but I hate when they talk to me. <laughs> I hate when they're like, oh, thank you. Cause then I'm like, gosh, they talked to me and now I've got to say something back. It's terrifying to me. Like I, it really makes me anxious. So you, so you're familiar with like the sidewalk mumble, like when like you're walking down the street or on the sidewalk mm-hmm. and there's one person approaching from two blocks away and you're yeah, already yeah. thinking about the conversation that you will or won't have with that person. Totally. And then, and then you get there and then you start to say something, but you notice they're not looking like, Hey, and so you just kind of like make noises at them as they walk by. <laughs> you know, what's worse than that. This is totally off topic of what we're talking about, but, um, uh, when you see, I've talked about this at Story Slam on stage. I think it was uh, during the I'm so embarrassed theme. Um, this is honestly maybe the most embarrassing thing that ever happens to me is when you're in public and you see someone you know and you're like, hey, Steve, what's up? You're not Steve. And like the reason it's so embarrassing is because you like put yourself out there. Like you really yeah, went, for you went for it. Yeah, you went for it. And, and it for turns out you, to that's be, hard. Oh, yeah. And you turn out to be a, a stranger to this person and you're like, oh my gosh. Like, I like everything flashes in your head of what that per- they're going to go tell their friends. Yeah, this fucking weirdo was like, hey, Steve. And they're like, my name's not Steve. Like they're going to tell everybody about it. And I'm going to be known as the weirdo who's like, hey, Steve. Right. Oh, like Isn't that's weird how so that, embarrassing. The, to those me. moments always kind of just come back to you and what you how you th- how you are going to be projected based yeah. on the kind of thing. you say. Yeah. <laughs> or like that, the sidewalk mumble where like you're like, I don't want to disappoint them if they're going to say hi. But like it's just all about you. You know, you don't really. I get the, the disappointment thing that you just said. That resonates <laughs> with me. Is like, I don't want to disappoint this person I've never met before. And like they'll look at you and some of them will smile. And and, and that sometimes is an indication that they're gonna say something and you're like, but are they going to? And then like you are the first one to say one. Then yeah. you get to the point where you cross, and then if you say something last minute, then they have to say it after you walk past. So they're like behind you, you know, saying I hate hey. when you're when you're having that exchange of like walking past somebody. Like this happens to me at work all the time in the halls. Somebody will be walking one way down the hall and I'm going the other. And uh, as we pass, they might go, how's it going? And then I go, hey. <laughs> or hi. Right. A- and I didn't answer the question. <laughs> How do you interpret that question? That's such an ambiguous question. That could just be taken as a greeting. I know. Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why my natural response is, is, to it is to just say hi and, and greet them back. But like. But then as I walk away, I get really anxious and go, maybe they really want to know how I was doing. Like maybe... <laughs> Maybe they think I'm rude now that I didn't stop and say, well, you know, I woke up this morning and stubbed my toe, so my foot's bothering me. But, you know, once I got to work, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's what I think about. I know. That's what you think about. That's what I think about. But the reality is they're not going to, like, see you the next time. And they're like, oh, well, he didn't tell me how he was Here's doing the- last time. Here's this asshole who couldn't take the time of day just to... Tell me what's up. Hey, Adam. <laughs> nice to see you again. That's right. That Maybe that's an even worse one is what's up as you're walking by. Like, what's up? That's not worse. How are you doing? How are you doing? That That's way more in-depth. What's up is a casual no, I hate what's slang. up. I hate what's up, actually, because yeah. like when somebody says what's up, I'm like, with, with what? <laughs> what do you... I'm, I'm working. I'm... Like I don't know, maybe I maybe I'm too serious about stuff. Like, but it's the anxiety of it all. So <laughs> that's true. It's it's horrible. That is the anxiety you have. Oh yeah, it's listen, man. I've like, never heard that before, so that's interesting. You never heard a, what that about you? Oh, I that I have yeah, anxiety. I oh yeah, oh yeah. I have pretty tremendous anxiety, which then really uh, I have anxiety and depression, and so then those are tied together intimately. And so then when you get anxious about things, it really flares up your depression, and like it's. It's brutal. I mean, I, a lot of the things you're saying I kind of resonate with, so maybe I do have anxiety, but I've never been categorically <laughs> labeled. 
I don't, I've never been, uh, what's the term? Diagnosed. Diagnosed. Yeah. Right. You, you can go get diagnosed and get prescribed things and then never take them like me. Can I do that with you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. We could just we could start a new podcast called the Ignoring Our Doctors Podcast. Anxiety Brothers. <laughs> Anxiety Brothers. <laughs> uh, Story Slam. Let's talk about Story Slam some more. Um, I, I, we didn't talk about this enough. I, I love so basically anytime that you come, you don't necessarily sign up. You'll come to me and go. I mean, I could tell something if you need it or something. So, like, that's why I was asking, like, do you come with a story prepared? Um, What do you think the difference is? Like, what do you notice a difference between? First, do you can you tell when somebody has really prepared to tell a story? That's a good question. I would say yes, but I've never followed up with anyone to see if they had. Sure. <laughs> so let's just assume that when you have been able to tell that yeah, you were yeah. you were correct. What do you think the the difference is between the energy that happens to when somebody who got up and like really prepared and nailed their story and somebody who was like, "Yeah, I got something and I'll get up." And they did really well. Like what's what's the energy di- difference there? Like what what happens in the room? I don't know. I think someone that doesn't prepare Jeez, I don't know. I I guess I really don't. I would say from my perspective, it would seem that people that don't prepare are more energetic because the, you almost need to in order to mask. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, if you know what I mean. Also, I mean, I guess just, that's what I do. Like when I don't really prepare. I just, oh, I believe us. We or believe me, we know. Like it's, yeah. it, you come on stage and it's like a hurricane. So well, not anymore, Mister Mike Stan. Yeah. Um. But uh, there's different types of people who, that prepare because there are the people that prepare and then they get that in their head and they're like, I've got to follow this. So they they can't have the energy because. Mm. The energy causes them to lose focus of their preparedness. Right. But then there are people who are naturally gifted at getting up and speaking, but they need to prepare. But because they have that natural gift, preparing right. does not like cross the wires. You know, it, like uh, there there are people who, because of their preparedness, uh, are better. Like they have they have more energy. Um, it's almost like they have more freedom because they know what the next thing is going to be. Right. So if they take a tangent. They can and and have more energy. They it's like that's totally fine because I know that this is supposed to be the next thing, and I can come back to it. It's like uh, you know, growing up in church, uh, we always I always had, went to a service that was like not necessarily super down to the minute, um, you know, decided like prepared that right. way. And then like I started going to a church where it was like each song you know, you've got three minutes and 25 seconds to sing this song. The next mm-hmm. song has to be four minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, this person's going to get up afterwards and speak for a minute and 15 seconds. Like that feels restrictive to me, but for some people they find freedom in that because yeah. they know that like, here's the schedule. Like we, because we have this tight schedule, I know that we can do this and that and still get back to this other thing. Yeah. So I think some storytellers who prepare are like that. Yeah, I, I think, well, what you said, it's just, it's personality. It's, like, completely personality. Like, there's some people I know who will write manuscripts of their speech before they yeah. actually perform whatever it is they're doing with, with public speeching. Speeching? <laughs> Speaking. Um, But, yeah, it's different. For me, if I'm asked to give, let's say I was going to, like, teach a class or something, uh, I would, something you have to prepare for. Yeah. Um, 
I, I would do like a really, really loose outline and then just sort of follow the outline and just fill it in just because I'm I'm personally more comfortable when I'm able to think off the top of my head or yeah. just kind of go with my, you know, yeah, I, natural speech pattern. I, I much prefer to be able to be on the fly and totally and like, but like I said, there's some people who like will prepare their speeches and public speaking, anything by writing it all out. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, to each his own. Yeah. All right. So we're running out of time. Um, it's time for the final question that I ask every guest on the Madison story slam show. Uh, I, th- I think the only time I didn't ask it, uh, maybe I, maybe I did ask it the last time you were on with the group of guys and you all told me, um, I ask every guest on the show at the end this question. Who is the most interesting person in your contacts list on your phone? Oh, no. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, can I check my phone? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Contacts list. I don't even ever look at my contacts I know. list. Um, this is going to be the most disappointing answer to that question ever. I No, it's not. Um, dead air. <laughs> I haven't found my contacts. Yet. Just open your phone app. What? I, yeah, I don't know where it is. I, I all, all my apps just got reorganized. No, no, no. I'm gonna find it. It's, open uh, the thing that you make phone calls. With, oh, right, 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 right. Contacts. contacts. Good God, man. Dude, I I literally like I only ever open Messenger. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't even open yeah. anything else. Um, I hate making phone calls. Only because it uh, it seems like a waste of time. It's quicker to text. I'm going to have to say... Loopkey Chiropractic. <laughs> That's not a person. <laughs> Dude, these are all just like friends. I mean, like friends and family. Can I just, cho- do I just choose one of them? Dave, y- here's the thing about the question. You get to interpret the question as However you I want. want. So... According to you, not you're not trying to appease me. You're not trying to say, "Oh, Adam's sure. gonna think this person is interesting." According to you, who is the most interesting person in your contacts list on your phone? I'm gonna have to say. I'm gonna have to say my older brother Sam, and why? Because he's just. perfect picture of like a self-starter and smart person who self-taught himself everything like he never went uh and he got any formal education and now he's an it director of like this like international company and wow he started from a call center being a call center (laughs) respondent and from there self-taught himself all the way up to being uh the it director and it's it's I'm kind of I'm kind of jealous of it in a way, but uh, <laughs> it's it's just impressive to see what he's been able to do with his life. Like he kind of had a rough upbringing um, with friends and with school, and uh, yeah, I guess he's just really inspiring in that way. And um, he's yeah, just really he's really interesting, and he's in my contacts list. Yeah, well, I you know I love your brother Sam. So <laughs> what did I say, Sam? Yeah, that's what he said. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> was 
that on purpose? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was good. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, Dave, do you, do, you, uh, do you have anything to plug? I mean, I know you do graphic design. You, do you want people to contact you for work or anything? Or you If you want to, you can check out my website or my Behance. Just look me up, Dave Babbler, graphic designer, if you want to. Behance? What's that? It's basically like the creative's uh, social network. So like you okay. can put all your work on there. and Sure. Uh, uh, and what's yeah. your website? Babblerdesign.com. B-A-B-L-E-R design.com. Yeah. like doing logos and branding and whenever I can get side projects for that, and it's a lot of fun. Dave is very talented. Uh, he has done a lot of work for me on this podcast and on another podcast that I do. So uh, if you need some branding, talk to Dave Babbler. He's, he, he gets it. You, you are a guy who, you know, there are some people that are out there that are like, oh, I, I know how to do Photoshop and I know how to make things look good i love that phrase do photoshop, do photoshop. Yeah. i know as i said it i was like <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's a legit thing. um there there are people who are technically proficient at at those things and can make things look really good or really nice whatever you want to say uh but dave is somebody that understands that it's not about just having things look beautiful but it's about the reason that it looks beautiful and like Part of what adds to that beauty is tying it into you and your company and like what you stand for. So again, uh, go to babblerdesign.com or his Behance page uh, and find him if you need a logo done. Hey, Dave, thanks so much for coming on the show. Adam, thank you for having me. It was a blast. Hey, guys, that is going to be it for me and my good friend, Dave Babbler. It was so fun to talk to him and... uh, the thing is, is we talk just about every week through text, so this just felt like a, a long text session. Hey, like I said, our next Story Slam is Saturday, March 17th. The theme is big, so come on out and tell your biggest story about your biggest problem or your biggest laugh or any way that you can tie a story to that one-word theme of big. We'll be at the Wilmar Center, and as always, we will be sponsored by Ale Asylum. So come on out, ready to have a good time and drink some good beer. Thanks so much to them for sponsoring our show. Let's see. Also, uh, we've got more Story Slams coming up in uh, April and May. April's theme is Child's Play, and May, the theme is Redemption. If you head on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Slam. You can find more info about those. And then also May 12th, we've got the Read It and Weep event where we want you to come and read your old journals, letters, stories, anything you wrote before the the age of 18. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us and what we do. And as always, I love you.